everybody. Welcome to I Hear I See Radio, episode 115. I've been doing this for a while. This is a show about music and other creative pursuits, mostly talking to people that live in and around Iowa City. Uh, today, we'll be speaking with Alexis Letourneau, and I'm going to read her bio from her website to give you an introduction into who she is. Alexis is a flutist and singer interested in using performance to connect with others. Through improvisation, songwriting, commissioning, and collaboration, Alexis strives to create experiences that engage audience members, encouraging them to connect to themselves and with others. She enjoys writing and performing her own songs, heavily based, heavily based in improvisation and looping. She is also an avid chamber musician, primarily working with percussionist and keyboardist Nick Martinez to commission and write music for their chamber pop duo, Safety Second. When she is not creating, she can be found at an art museum, looking at clouds, or watching Twin Peaks. Alexis earned her Bachelor of Music education from the University of Georgia under the tutelage of Angela Jones... Royce. Royce. Angela Jones Royce. <laughs> should have asked before I started. And is currently pursuing a Master of Arts in Music in the studio of Nicole Esposito at the University of Iowa. Hello, Alexis. Hey, it sounds funny to hear your bio read out loud. <laughs> Everyone seems to have that same experience when I do that to them. I should have done it to myself before this happened, but... Well, I didn't yeah. warn you ahead of time. Uh, and I believe you prefer going by Lex, correct? You are correct. I'm okay. still trying to figure out how to shove that into my professional life, but thank mm. you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Is there any particular reason you prefer that specific shortened version of your full I name? Just... I like it better. I mm -hmm. I just like have I don't like the way Alexis like feels. <laughs> I don't yeah. like the way it sounds. And uh David and Annika, um or I guess I should say their full names. Annika Kildegard and David Lemke, um mm -hmm. two friends of ours. Uh I was having dinner with them last year and I like mentioned that I wasn't a huge fan of my name and they were like, What do you want to be called? And I was like, It doesn't matter, whatever, you know. They were like, No, <laughs> what do you want to be called? And I was like, Okay, Lex and then after that I was like, you know what, I should like care more about this and so I started like rebranding, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Annika yeah. and David are very nice people. Yes, lovely humans. Glad to know them. <laughs> Annika has been on this show pretty recently, actually. So Yeah, I listened to that one. I listened yeah. uh, to the Jean-Francois, Annika, Will mm -hmm. podcast. It was nice to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of listening, if you are a Patreon subscriber to the I Hear I See project, you can watch this as a video, just so you are aware. You can see me and Lex looking at each other on Zoom. <laughs> In, in addition to hearing our voices. That's at patreon.com slash I hear I see. But if you don't have money, feel free to just keep listening for free. No harm done. So what I like to do on the show typically, well, I've wanted to have you perform at an I hear I see show for a long time because you approached me at a show before we really even knew each other. You were very yeah. forward, which was great because I'm, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> So I wanted to have you on, on the series, but uh, obviously everything kind of fell apart not long after that. And I've enjoyed like what little time we have actually spent together. I think uh, we performed in that 
uh, in Jake's piece in March. Yes. Like right at the, the end of the world. The last thing that happened before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good, a good way to go out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nice uh, final performance. Final, final. Like the last thing I ever do, perhaps. <laughs> yes, truly. Sorry. And then we've like seen each other at shows and stuff. But, uh, you know, I wanted, I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to maybe like actually get to know each other a little better. Yeah. Thank you for having me on here. This is exciting. Yeah. So you are from Georgia, correct? I am. I'm from Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. I've never, I've driven through Atlanta, but I don't know anything (sighs) else about Georgia. (laughs) It's so good. It's all, it's funny because like, I, I noticed such a difference. I don't know. I noticed when I moved away from Atlanta, I started feeling this like strong connection to it more than I had when I was actually living there. And mm-hmm. it's funny to like talk about it with people. And then also just like the way that I even pronounce Atlanta versus how you pronounce Atlanta is different. And it's funny to me. Oh, I didn't even notice. Say, say it you again. You pronounce the T at the end, Atlanta. And I say Atlanta. I once saw it. Oh, I, I see. once yeah. saw it in a book spelled. It was like some one of those books. that's like how you know you're from the south or from Atlanta or whatever. And it spelled it spelled Atlanta E T L A N N A. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So you're you're saying Atlanta. 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 Yeah. So it is a little bit of an E at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to think about it like that. Yeah. And I often, I try to get into people's, like, earliest memories of music when I interview them. So, do you remember, like, the first time you performed in front of people? Um, so I was, like, a super, super shy kid. Mm-hmm. So, the first time I, like, I did music in elementary school and stuff, and I was always a singer. That was, like, the first thing that I always did. And I used to... I used to sing my math homework and stuff. And some of the, this is not a performance, but one, oh, okay. The first thing I like ever remember like really singing was like as a child in my bathtub, like writing a song called School is Fun. Oh, wow. And then, <laughs> yeah, I was a huge nerd. Um, and then a funny story about just, I remember being in seventh grade and we were in, <laughs> in math class or no it was eighth grade we were in math class and like our teachers used to put our desks in like the little fours you know so you were like in Mm -hmm. a group of four doing work and I was just singing and like everybody was doing work and I was literally just like singing and this one kid in my class like thank goodness he was like funny nice about it instead Mm -hmm. of like funny mean which he could have easily been I don't know what I was singing but I was just like doing my work. Everybody was like pretty quiet and I was singing whatever. And he just from across the room starts just like belting, don't stop believing, like making fun of me. <laughs> and I was just like, I did not even realize that I was just like singing so that the entire room could hear. But anyways, those are like, I don't know. I just like started it as a singer, just like singing whatever. And I mm-hmm. still do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it sounds like it just came naturally to you to just be doing it all the time. For sure. I still yeah. I still be walking around my house and I'm just like singing my thoughts. Like nobody has ever heard it. <laughs> <laughs> that um, story about you doing that at school actually does remind me of something I did that I haven't thought about in a really long time. <laughs> I think it was in seventh grade. It was like a math class or something. And we were all, yeah, like individually working on our homework for later or something. And I was just like singing the word shit to myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I, I got carried away. I got too loud, and the teacher heard me. I was like, hey, stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't realize, yeah, I was doing it out loud, I guess. <laughs> yes. That's, like, identical. And I was so shy, too. And I had, like, never really performed or, like, I wasn't, I didn't really consider myself a singer. I was just, like, a band kid. Okay. So, so you yeah. had already picked up a flute by then? Yeah. I had been playing for a couple years. I started in, I started in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Was there any particular reason you chose the flute? You know, I honestly can't remember. I try to think about that all the time. Like, why did I pick up this instrument? But I remember being in elementary school and we had to learn recorder. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one day that we came into the music trailer because we didn't have a classroom. We had a trailer. Mm-hmm. And my teacher was like, raise your hand if you practiced last night. And I was the only person in the class who raised their hand. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I love playing this thing. I practice every <laughs> night, you know, like whether or not you ask me to. And so I don't really know. I, I feel like I remember wanting to decide between flute, saxophone, and percussion. Mm-hmm. The three most popular instruments. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah. And yeah, I'm glad I ended up with flute. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I don't really remember why. It suits my personality very well, though. So yeah, it's it, was, good. it was fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I knew you first as a flutist. Well, because that's why you're here at the university yeah. is to study flutes. Um, so when did you, I guess, decide that? Well, you did education for your undergrad. I did. Yeah. Okay. I was going to be a band director. Yeah. It, um, well, we'll start with what, um, what drew you to that as a career choice? Um, so I guess I'm in kind of a family of teachers. Like my, on my mom's side, my granddad was a principal and his wife was a librarian. And my mom is a teacher. She just retired a couple years ago after 40 years of teaching. Oh, my wow. mom's awesome. Yeah. And my sister is finishing her degree actually this semester in early childhood education and so I think honestly some of it is just like it runs in my veins you know just like it's a family of teachers and I I was kind of like opposed to teaching at first I don't really know why I just like didn't I was like that's what my mom does like I don't want to do that I want to do something different and then I remember being at the end of high school where I decided I wanted to go into music like super late like the end of my junior year Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do performance and I remember my uh my best friend um Priya was like I know you don't want to hear this, like, but I think you'd be a really good teacher. And then I started this, just thinking about it more. And like, I used to coach my swim team and like, I was section leader in high school. And I just kept thinking of all these instances of like teaching occurring in my life. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I love teaching. <laughs> and so that's why I decided to go into music education. And I, I mm-hmm. still love music education and teaching and stuff. Okay. But when you said it, you said I wanted to be a band director in the past. Oh, yes. <laughs> so is there, do you not want to anymore? And is there a reason no. for that? Okay. <laughs> um, so after my, after my sophomore year, so I went to the University of Georgia in Athens, which incredible place. I can curse in the, on this show, right? Is that okay? Yeah, I already okay. said shit. So I already oh, popped yeah, okay. the seal. <laughs> Dope. Okay. Yeah. So I, I went to UGA. And um, the director of bands there, Cynthia Johnson-Turner, she, she's fucking incredible. I love mm-hmm. her. Um, she's super progressive, like, socially, but also just, like, in music. And I remember I got into the wind ensemble my sophomore year, which, like, shocked me. I did not think I was, like, wind ensemble material. But I got in, and they played all of this new music. And I 
didn't know about new music and also didn't know about like new music in wind band repertoire. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just used to playing like Granger and Holst, you know? Right. <laughs> and those are like, even when you're in high school and you're like a band kid, you're like, oh my gosh, Holst first Sweden E flat or like Link Troposi or whatever, you know? Um, but we played this piece called Traversata by Oliver YSB. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever played. Also the hardest thing I had ever played. I remember spending four hours in a practice room on one day just playing that piece. Um, and that's and for yeah, so, like a band piece. It wasn't a yeah, solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just like one of those pieces that like the you would think it starts getting into a pattern and then it's like, just kidding. Mm-hmm. There's no pattern here. <laughs> um, yeah. So I... I like that was my first experience with new music and then from that I started doing more chamber music um like all focused around like like newly written repertoire and then I went to a couple like flute festivals after that and I just remember being like like new music was really the beginning of it I started playing more solo repertoire that was new and everything like that and I just loved it and I was like I can't imagine myself not doing this, like not having the time to do this. Mm-hmm. And then when I student taught, I student taught with Matt Kaperniak and he's incredible. Like one of the best band directors, like in the country, he hit the band program was 600 middle schoolers, like Ooh, wow. just like huge, amazing program. <laughs> um, and getting to teach like an ensemble of 200 people and private lessons and sectionals in that setting, I realized like I much prefer the smaller groups of musicians um, teaching them. And so I still, like when I was still living there, sorry, I'm so cold, my teeth are chattering. Um, (laughs) I don't know why my heat was just on. But anyways, um, yeah, when I was doing that, uh, like I I was still living in Athens, like in between, um, in between graduating and coming here. And I was doing a lot of that because all my friends are in music, you know, and I just like, I love doing that. But the I realized that my passion was not really with a large group of students. Um, and I liked the really flexible, the flexible schedule of like doing chamber music and like all that kind of stuff. So, right. Yeah. And is this around the time that incongruency became a thing? I'm looking yeah. at your website some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Incongruency started that is actually a little, uh, it's based off of why music. Um, it's the same instrumentation as them. And how it started was actually my friend, Catherine Koopman, who is a wonderful human composer, clarinetist. Um, we were listening to Clearing Dawn Dance, which is off a Y Music album. It's a piece by Judd Greenstein. And it's so cool. It's such a good piece. And we were listening to it and we were like, we have to play this. And so we just got musicians together and the group kind of formed based off of that piece. Um, and we put out an album together. And yeah, we, we did a lot. Yeah, we did a lot like when I was there, but, um, since it was six people and the group kind of lives all across the country now, um, we don't really, uh, I should probably take it off my website, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but yeah, that was, that was a huge part of like my, um, delving into new music, chamber music stuff and like following that passion, I guess. Mm -hmm. Incongruency was a big part of that. For those who don't know, the instrumentation is violin, viola, cello, flute, clarinet, and trumpet. It's funny, I mean, trumpet is the one that kind of sticks out in mm-hmm. that selection. And I don't I don't think I know why music. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, check them out. They're so cool. They I don't know one of the composers told us he was like, I really like writing for you guys because you're just like a mini orchestra. 
So mm-hmm. I think he was like, once I got that in my head, it was like, wait, is your right for you? But they do stuff like they they toured with Paul Simon last year. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, and did an album with him. They did an album with the Staves. They played with Ben Folds, Emily King. Like, they very much exist at that intersection of contemporary classical and like pop, mm-hmm. which is where I want to live. Um, and they're just they're amazing. I love them, especially because the flutist is Alex Soth, and I I love her very much. She doesn't yeah. know me, but I know her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send this to her, and then okay, she'll know Okay, thank you. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Hopefully she doesn't think I'm a weirdo. Well, she might She's think I'm a weirdo, because I don't know her either. <laughs> She's pretty weird, so. <laughs> All right, so we got some early examples of you singing uh, kind of uncontrollably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any memories of like your first year or so playing the flute? Um I remember I was just like super into it. I'm I'm a Virgo and Me too. Like, com- oh, nice. I don't know if I okay. put that much stock into it, but I am also <laughs> a Virgo. <laughs> I'm I'm very much a Virgo. Like yeah. very I'm less type A than I used to be. Uh, because when I decided that I was going to switch from education to performance, I had like an identity crisis. Mm. Um, and so I just like had to be more flexible after that, but I'm still very type A. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. So my personality fits in well with like being a flute player, but so I just like tried really hard. Um, and I remember we had, uh, chair placements. I don't know how the chair placements, I don't know what they were based on, but, um, I remember coming in one day, and if you forgot your instrument, then you would be automatically pushed to last chair. And I was either first or second chair in sixth grade, okay? Like, why did we even have chairs in sixth grade? Like, I only knew how to play three notes. Anyways, um, but... You're the best 11-year-old flutist. (laughs) I remember coming in... and I had, for, I was like terrified to tell my teacher that I forgot my instrument and I did. And not only do you have to sit like without an, it, like, I feel like when you're, when you're a kid who's learning an instrument and you, all you want to do is play it, having to sit there and sit the entire band class and not have an instrument is punishment enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I had to sit in last chair and it was, it was awful. I was, I think I probably cried. <laughs> Was that like because just that's who I was? <laughs> just for the day that you forgot it, or were you stuck at the end permanently after that? I remember, like, I remember going into it. I thought it was forever. I thought it was mm-hmm. like until you. I don't know if they called it challenging or whatever. And, but until oh. you earned your seat back, that's what I we forgot had in high all school. about that concept. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, but what if that was how orchestras were? Oh my gosh, like some fool could just come up and be like, I'm challenging you for your chair. <laughs> oh, that would be awful. What a weird but anyways, Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I remember thinking it was like permanent, but then I know that when the day was over, I only, I, I got to go back to my chair. So I don't know if that was me misunderstanding the original rules or that mm-hmm. was the band director taking great pity on me crying because I forgot my instrument. Right. Um, yeah, I mean going from first to last, that's a pretty big Right? Yeah. It might have been second. I don't want to take I don't want to take credit <laughs> if it <laughs> if I was only second chair. Yeah. Do you remember how many there were? Um, so I we remember can really calculate how much of a drop it was for It you. probably wasn't that many. Maybe like <laughs> 7. Yeah. Cuz I I remember, you know, you have the arc 
and it either filled the entire front arc or like most of it. It because it didn't go to the second row. I remember because my friend Anna, who played clarinet, sat behind me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Somewhere between like five and ten, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal if it's only one day and you're not playing anyway. You just have to look at the last part. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember sitting there feeling like an absolute piece of garbage because also forgetting your instrument, especially, well, I guess maybe a flute is easier to forget than like a tuba or something because it's smaller. Yeah. But yeah, it's easier I just, to forget. It's also easier to just transport. Exactly. That's why yeah. I don't know. It's like. I, I just felt so dumb. Like, why is that the mistake I had to make? Like, forgetting my instrument? Mm-hmm. Rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, I played saxophone, obviously, in mm-hmm. middle and high school bands. And we had, there were, like, lockers with locks on them in the high school band room where we could keep our stuff. And then, but in middle school, it was just kind of like an open, like, giant cubby where you could put your instrument in. Yeah. And I probably would have practiced more if I didn't have to carry my instrument back and forth from home and school. Because there were some days where I'd have to walk home, and I don't want to carry my alto sax case all the way home. So maybe I would have practiced more if I played flute. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about your uh, more recent, your duo. Uh, safety second yeah with nick martinez how long have you been doing that um it started in 2017 so actually i don't know if he'll not want me to tell this story but i'm an open book sorry nick um (laughs) (laughs) it's not a big deal but we started because so at uga there's three halls there was um hudson hall which is the big concert hall it's beautiful then there's edge hall which is the recital hall for um Pretty much everybody, like especially undergraduates. Mm-hmm. And then there was Ramsey Hall, which was for graduate students. I think particularly DMA. I don't know if masters did their recitals there too. But um, yeah, like grad students and percussionists. And Ramsey Hall was my favorite. It's the best. It has the intimacy of Edge, but like the like acoustics more of, of the big hall, of Hudson mm-hmm. Hall. And I just like loved Ramsey so much and I was like I want to perform in Ramsey like Nick we have to play a flute percussion piece so I can play in Ramsey because the percussion equipment wouldn't fit in edge so that's why they got to perform there and right. so that's actually how we started is I was like I want to perform in that hall like you must put me on your recital mm-hmm. um, and the funny thing is uh, we never um, did that <laughs> oh. because we ended up <laughs> becoming this group together like because the initial idea was like let's play a piece on each other's recitals right but but then it, we were like, wait a minute, this is really cool. We have like the exact same taste in music. Like Nick is one of my best friends. You know, we just like get along so well. We we have so much fun. And so it just became this group. And we ended up doing our first recital in um, the art school, which was next door because it was just, it was a really beautiful gallery and everything was really live. So it was fun to perform in. And just like, you know, alternative spaces are always interesting to pretty much every new musician. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's called Ramsey, right? Yeah. Ramsey now that you Hall. say it, I'm like, is that right? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so did you ever actually get to perform in there or not? No. 
I have never I did. okay, so I've performed in there on a recording that hmm. so my undergraduate or my studio we did an album called a Christmas Flutes or something actually. <laughs> so I'm on an album of flute choir Christmas music. Um and that was all in Ramsey and that was really fun to play in there, but I've never performed in there, no. Mm-hmm. What year did you finish uh at Athens? Twenty eighteen. Okay. Pretty recent. I yes. I know you're younger than me, but I don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, 2018. I took one year in between, and then mm-hmm. last year was part time for my masters. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So how are things going for you now? Like, what's your routine like since you know we can't go outside or we'll die? Yeah. Well, all things considered, you know, it's actually like things are going pretty well in terms of school. Just because I feel like I got really lucky with um, the classes I signed up for and everything. And mm. Nicole Esposito is incredible. And I, I love her. And I feel very uh, blessed to have her, like, as my teacher. Um, but the classes I'm taking this semester, even though it's it's a lot, they're the most relevant that any class has ever been towards my, uh, like, my personal interests. And mm-hmm. so that has been really nice. And I've also just gotten better at, like, figuring out what I actually like. (laughs) So I'm able to do that stuff more. And so, yeah, that's better. So even though things are weird, sometimes I'm like, well, I just go home and I'll just play guitar and awesome. (laughs) That's it. That's fine. Yeah. Are you doing anything in person for school? Um, I, I had to play an orchestra this semester. Mm. Um, (laughs) wasn't. (laughs) crazy about that Mm -hmm. but uh we we made it through playing next to other wind players so i'm fine there thank goodness um it was short so that was good and then currently i'm i'm still on one i still have one ensemble left and it's um we're playing the jolie vieille suite en concert and so it's me and four percussionists which is super fun and i definitely like feel a little bit safer doing that but i when i walked in i was like are you guys okay with this like please if you are not <laughs> yeah. tell me because you're like, the dangerous part yes exactly yeah. exactly and i still work two days a week like i go into a grocery store and mm. work and so i'm like if anybody is the problem here it's me so I'm like, <laughs> and so that's honestly the most like anxiety inducing thing really <laughs> yeah but otherwise yeah i'm just like here how was the orchestra set up because I haven't really talked to anybody that's been doing this stuff the past few months. I got you. Um, so we rehearsed 30 minutes. Whenever we rehearsed, it was only that long, um, mm-hmm. which was weird. Um, it's really short so I for think, an orchestra rehearsal. Yeah, you like have to be on it. You have to like be there on time, and you just got to be... I, I'm interested to... like. I would love to talk to the conductors and be like, what was this experience like for you? Because... like. I bet they had to be so strict with their planning because you kind of can't go in there and just be like, all right, we'll do a run through and then hit some spots. It's like, you really have to go in with a plan. Yeah. Um, And same for us. Like we had to make sure that like, I would always ask ahead of time, you know, and this is like a normal thing anyways, but especially for this, I was like, what exactly are we rehearsing? Like I need to have that part down, you know? Um, So it was like 30 minutes, uh, whenever the rehearsal was 30 minutes and then it was usually like two times a week. Sometimes it was three, sometimes it was one. Um, but yeah, usually two times a week. And I don't know how long it was like a month and a half, maybe total, maybe a month. 
Um, and then we just went in. It. This is the thing with all the recording sessions I've done during this, which is two. Um, <laughs> they have been <laughs> they have been so low key because you do not have time to do thirty three takes. <laughs> Me and my undergraduate. Um, or my graduate <laughs> auditions um, did 33 takes of Leonor uh, excerpt. Wow. But anyways, I How told you I'm a Virgo. Did you do that all in um, one day? Or? Uh, maybe. Wow. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it was too many. That was terrible. Yeah. Um, excerpts are not my strong suit. I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I like we just like walk in. We just like pretty much did a run through. And then they were like, all right, thanks, guys. Bye. And I was like. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. When you were doing these half-hour rehearsals, how far were you from other people? So they put these tape. Uh, they they put this tape all over the ground, and each uh, tape square was six feet. I think six, some unit of measurement. You're in like a feet. six by six square. Yeah, and then we had to be. There had to be an empty square in between us. Mm-hmm. And so that theoretically we're 12 feet apart if everybody, I guess, is sitting in like the middle of their squares. Sure. Um, and so that's how they did it. And then, yeah, so that's how it was. And I personally, I would not play until until like the rehearsal started. Some people did warm up and I was like, no, nope. <laughs> the yeah, mask you is staying on until it. yeah. exactly. And then I would usually put my mask on. Everybody was a little bit different. It wasn't super standard, but um, like we did have space and people wear their masks and stuff. So, you know, just did our best. Yeah. It's scary. Yes. <laughs> you haven't ever tested positive, right? I haven't. Okay. No. Have you been goodness. tested? I haven't done that either. I've I never had, had a single I test. haven't had symptoms or anything, <laughs> yeah. which I know you can be asymptomatic, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, yeah, I've thought about, I, I was going to get tested a couple of weeks ago and then I accidentally double booked myself. Uh, mm. I had work, which was dumb. <laughs> I literally had work. I was like, I can't get tested. I have work tomorrow. But um, so that was the only time I almost got <laughs> tested and then canceled it. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been, I, if I just don't go around people, then I don't have to get tested. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, it seems like it's difficult to get them again oh yeah i don't know i yeah. i was looking at test iowa and cedar rapids that was the one i was going to use which apparently has like been a good one i have to go home for uh christmas which mm. is stressing me out but I'm for sure that yeah for that i have a friend um who lives in chicago who's from atlanta and so we're both going to get tested right before quarantine and then drive down together mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then, so at least we're trying to be as safe as possible for traveling. And then, you know, I'll figure out how I'm going to manage when I get there. And then when I get back here afterwards, or I'll figure that out in due time. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that is probably, that's when I'm definitely going to have to get tested. Yeah. 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 I'm probably not going to see any of my family for the holidays, which sucks, but it's, uh, whatever we'll be fine <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's yeah. like honestly the smartest way to go and my family lives pretty close so it's not like you or you know you have to travel across the country so you only see them like what two three times a year how often do yeah. you see your family now uh probably two times yeah. a year yeah like over over winter break and then uh a little bit over summer yeah yeah i haven't seen mine a lot this year but during a normal year you know they're a half hour away i see them all the time oh okay yeah yeah 
Uh, I moved on pretty quickly from safety second, so let me ask you a little bit more about them. <laughs> or you, not them. You are part of safety second. Um, yeah. Where does that name come from? Um, so it came from me and Nick having planned a recital already and not having uh, planned a name. Um, <laughs> and so we were like, we have to have a name for this recital. And so we walked into... CJT's office. CJT is Cynthia Johnson Turner, the director of bands at my undergrad, who I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Who yep. I love her. Um, <laughs> and we, I walked into her office. I used to just go bother her all the time. Um, and I was like, "Hey, CJT, we need a name." And she was like, "What are you guys about?" And I don't know what I said, but whatever <laughs> I said made her say, "Why not Safety Second? She literally said it so quickly and casually. She was just like, "I was like, hey, what should we call ourselves?" And she was like, "Why not Safety Second?" And I was like. How did you do that so quickly? We've been thinking of this for so many weeks and have absolutely zero options. Um, the only name that we came up with was Bells and Whistles. And we were like, that's an album name and not a band name. Sure. Um, <laughs> because the one, oh my gosh, I'm still not over this. If Nick hears this, he's going to like punch me in the face. Um, not actually, he's not violent at all. Okay, Anyways, <laughs> um, there's a name that he came up with called Lipstick. And I was like, that's amazing. It's edgy. It's like kind of a... You know, like new music groups, they do the pun thing. And it's like, it's like kind of a pun. But it's Lipstick? like, yeah, because flute, like lip, and then he's a percussionist. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, it's like not an outright pun, like bells and whistles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. And he was like, but there's a percussion duo that already has that uh. name. And I was so mad. I was so mad because I, and for two years afterwards, I was like, Nick, what if we just, what if we just take their name? They're inactive. <laughs> it was like, we yeah. can't. <laughs> but, well, they're yeah, just so, a percussion duo? Yeah. Well, so they're not really using their lips, probably, They're both right? ladies. That's why, oh. I think. Well, men have lips, too. <laughs> I don't I did know. notice in uh, the picture you have on your website for the safety second part, you are wearing black lipstick in that picture. Is that oh, like yes. a subtle reference to that possibility? No, I just really love <laughs> lipstick. I would, I should have put on black lipstick for this. I never wear yeah. it anymore, obviously because of masks. No one, um, yeah, no one's gonna see. Yeah, but lipstick was like dark purple and black lipstick in particular. That was like, it's like my signature thing. Mm-hmm. So I just like I wear it whenever I get the chance. But yeah, yeah the name just I've literally came from us in yeah. purple, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All those shows <laughs> probably was just flexing with my purple lipstick. Yeah. It's impressive. You want to look cool. It's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so what else have you guys? Uh, what else have you guys done aside from the not recital that you did at the art building? So, um, we have performed. Our friend Cassidy, um, who's a violinist, she's from Atlanta, and then went to Michigan and one of the Boston schools. Um, but she started this music festival called Inman and it, that happened in Atlanta and Ann Arbor. And we've played at the Atlanta one the past two years, which is super fun. And Inman is like based off of Inman Blue, which was like a new color that was discovered like a few years ago, whatever. Um, and so we've played at that. Um, and then what else? I don't know done? how much you know about this, but how do they discover a color? Like, what's the science behind that? I, I have no idea. Okay, it and seems I read an article crazy about it. <laughs> right? But if there's going to be a color that is discovered, I feel like blue makes sense. Because I feel like it was a, a new naturally occurring blue or something like that. Because, you know, mm. blue isn't, like, everywhere in nature as much right. as, like, green or something. Um, 
So like yeah. conceptually we we could have known about this blue, but we hadn't witnessed it like occurring naturally. I think maybe because <laughs> I my first thought I was like, well, isn't it like in the like the RGB like right, you know those little have, what yeah. are those called the spectrum uh, spectrum yeah yeah I was like I've got to have seen it <laughs> like, um, right. but I I, I, mean, I, you, I feel like I remember seeing a picture the, of like a powder or something yeah you would think that the spectrum is just it's everything we can see right yeah that's the entire spectrum of visible colors says physics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to physics. <laughs> <laughs> you did mention earlier that you were a nerd, so. A uh, science nerd at all? Because I was never <laughs> super into science in school. I did go through a science. I, oh, I did go through a science phase. Is what I was about to say. My mom was a science teacher, actually. From She was like, she did a lot of different things, but science for like the entirety of like my presence in mm-hmm. the universe. Um, were you ever her and student? No, they didn't allow that. Mm. But I did get, like, because I went, she taught middle school, and I, which is what I wanted to teach, actually, when I wanted mm-hmm. to be a band director. Um, but I, just because she had, like, she was friends with all the other teachers at school, I would get, like, special treatment sometimes, <laughs> which was incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And I also had teachers coming up to me, you know, being like, I remember when you were this big, and I was like, literally, who are you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did I did do this, like, super cool science program that was um, put on by Fernbank Science Center in Atlanta my freshman year. So actually, I did not even do music my freshman year of high school. I did science instead, which is funny to think about. Because um, my senior year, I didn't take any science because I had done two <laughs> sciences my freshman year. Right, um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So I did I did do that. But I was never really, like... I. I just like liked learning. It wasn't like I have this attachment to science. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as you said before, you were a nerd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, science was the one that I, I tended to uh, put at the bottom of the priority list. I think, yeah, like you mentioned, you you didn't take a science class your last year, and we had. I remember there being like very basic requirements for like how many classes in a certain subject you have to take yeah. to graduate. And I really pushed that limit on science. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they want you to take this many, but they'll let you through if you yeah. take this many. So I'm going <laughs> to just do as little as possible. Yeah. But also my schedule is just like so packed with like artsy stuff that it would have been hard to make time anyway. So it was easy to just not do the stuff I didn't want to do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. Were you doing uh, choir stuff as well in high school? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle school, actually, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I did both in middle school. And I did both in high school, too, where it let me. And then I didn't, it wasn't like an every year thing. Because, you know, just like depending on like AP classes and like all that stuff it always gets more like confusing. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I know sometimes if I couldn't be in the class, I would still learn the music on my own and, like, go sing with the mixed choir. I'm, nice. Oh, I love choir music. I love <laughs> it so much. Um, there were a few times in, in my undergrad where I was like, why am I not a vocal major? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Or, like, should I add it? You know, all this kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I just did I did both where I could. And then my senior year... I remember I couldn't get into the class because I didn't have room in my schedule and I just mm-hmm. had like a hole 
um, in like second period or something. And so I literally, I just went to the counselor's office and I was like, Hey, what music classes do you have? And they were like, we have beginner guitar. And I was like, dope, sign me up. And then I went home that day and I said, mom, I need to buy a guitar today. <laughs> I have guitar <laughs> class tomorrow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Had you ever touched the guitar prior to that? Yes. Um, so this, this guitar, um, I, this nice. is my first guitar. I got it in fifth grade. And um, did I play it? No. <laughs> I played, like, I think Smoke on the Water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I think, like, my dad or somebody was like, yeah, you can just do it like this. My dad is not yeah. musical at Everyone all. can play the um, Smoke in the Water. Exactly. Yeah. Literally just, like. Smoke on the Water. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> smoke in the Water. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I, like, never played. Um, and I remember my parents even being like, shouldn't you like get an acoustic guitar? And I was like, no, I want an electric. Cause this girl I knew had an electric. Mm-hmm. Um, and they look so badass. Yeah, um, man. That's like a SG. Yes. Yeah. Is it a Correct. real one or like a knockoff one? I don't, I have no idea. It's an Epiphone. So no. Okay. So it's like a little bit of a fake one. Yeah. But Epiphone is still legit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, SGs are Gibson, I think. I used to yes, be like so into right. like classic rock and stuff and like knowing the guitars. <laughs> I was never into that. I need to do it now though, now that I like play guitar more. But yeah, I didn't play this thing ever until so I pl- started playing acoustic at the end of high school and then in college I would still play acoustic some. And then it wasn't until actually this summer when I was like, now I want to start playing electric because I think it'll fit in better with like the kind of music that I make. Nice, yeah. Um, and so I, I flew it up here, got me a flight case, flew it up here, and now I play electric like every day. I've got this <gasps> I've got this one sitting here. Oh, she's beautiful. I love sparkles. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got it from a guy on Craigslist in like 2011, I think. And Clab. Yeah, this thing, it's funny to think about that I got it when I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> and like only just now played it and I'm 24. Yeah, I remember my, so my grandfather died before I was born, but he played guitar a little bit in like church and stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I, I think it was for my 11th birthday or 12th or maybe a Christmas around then, uh, my grandma like dug up his old guitar and had it fixed up a little bit and gave that to me. So that was my oh, first one, which I don't have so here cute. with me. It's at my parents' house, that but that was what precious. I learned on. I learned, uh, you know, smoke on the water. <laughs> oh, yes. At the time, um, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes was really popular. So I Great. learned that riff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a little, I have an Epiphone too on the rack back there that my mom bought me at a pawn shop when I was 14, I think. Oh, amazing. I love yeah, pawn that, shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played that one pretty frequently through like all of high school but then uh in college i was like trying to focus on saxophone a little more so i put it away for a while yeah but i've also been picking up the guitar more recently it's good it's a good thing to be doing especially nowadays yeah they sound cool it's cool to make cool sounds (laughs) yeah and you can just like even if you're not practicing or like exploring the sounds of the instrument i'll just like chuck on some like father john misty and like Mm. ultimateguitar.com and just oh yeah yeah play along (laughs) and it's so fun it's so fun yeah i was uh do you know johnny cash very well not very well okay he has this song big river that i liked a lot 
when I was younger. It's like a very uh kind of dramatic, sad song. The music is not sad. It's like pretty upbeat, but the lyrics are sad in a very silly way. Like he says that his tears are going to flood the river. <laughs> I love it. So dramatic. <laughs> yeah. So dramatic. Yeah. So I was playing that the other day just to make fun of my own sadness, I guess. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what art is for. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you brought it up, that's a pretty good transition into like the music that you make by yourself. Because you mentioned in your bio that you write and perform your own songs. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of improvisation and looping within those songs. So when you say songs, do you mean like literal like songs that you sing? Yeah. Okay. What yeah, kind of songs so, have you written? Um... So I guess just to like give you a little bit of background kind of going riffing off of my little bio excerpt. Um the songwriting, I guess, it's still very much I'm still very new at it. So it's mm-hmm. developing a lot. But it started in um college. I borrowed my friend's loop pedal, um, because she never used it. And I I had it for a year and a half. <laughs> and like for uh, the longest time, a lot of my gear was borrowed and still even this microphone is borrowed um, from my friend who is a producer and also an angel and was like, here, take this. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just I used to mess around with her loop pedal all the time and I would like loop vocal stuff um, or flute stuff and then just like improvise lyrics on top of it. Yeah. Um, and then that developed into I got Ableton and I kind of started doing the same thing. Um and just looping. And then from there, I started trying to write fuller songs. And they're still very, like, I still have yet to write a song that is, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. Like, mm-hmm. it's the stuff that I write is, like, here is five lines of music and it's three minutes of a song. Like, there are five <laughs> lines, of five lyrics, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, like, very, I really, like, asymmetric forms and like it's funny because the music i listen to like i really love experimental stuff but the music i write is very much like like one like really honest line and like a loop underneath it you know like with like electronics or something um and then i've more recently just started trying to get better at guitar so like the last two songs that i've written have been just like me like just like strumming it out on my electric like yeah. the most recent song i wrote i wrote after watching mitski's 2013 tiny desk concert mm. which is amazing and it's just literally her and her electric just like and like singing into it like for class of 2013 oh nice. so good that's an incredible uh tiny desk. <laughs> but anyways yeah so i hope that was coherent i'm not very good oh, at yeah. talking oh no um, you're doing great <laughs> thank you <laughs> Did you ever meet Vero before she moved to Chicago? Yes, okay. Vero's great. Yeah, I she... saw one of her songs that she wrote that she posted on Instagram, and I loved it. Yeah, her songs are kind of like what you're describing for the most part. Yeah. Like, she did this thing at an I Hear I See show with her horn, where she was just, like, layering a bunch of loops over each other, and then she sang over that, and it was really cool. Yeah. And That's very much like of... the beginning of my process. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. she has a lot of more conventional like guitar things but she also improvises a lot and it's a lot of very like open form stuff yeah i think you guys could uh collaborate yeah you're like literally describing exactly (laughs) what i do i'm like oh man i need to text her yeah yeah um so 
let's talk about the future a little bit. Um, All right. What What do you hope to accomplish <laughs> in the? Let's Let's just like Fucking go good like question. totally like <laughs> pie in the sky. Like what's What's something really big that you would like to accomplish in your life? Um, I would I would really love to like kind of tour performing my music. Mm-hmm. Not even like on a doesn't even have to be like a large scale thing, but I I mentioned earlier like that intersection of like classical contemporary classical and like indie pop. Yeah. I like I would really love to live there, um, in that intersection of music and like with those musicians who also live there. because um, I love I love that kind of stuff. Um yeah, I don't I yeah, I, I just I really wanna get better at songwriting. I wanna learn lots of instruments. I just bought a bass. I'm really mm. excited about it. Like a bass um, guitar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I wanna I w- this is a lot of things. Um I wanna get better <laughs> at production so I can like produce my own music. So I mm-hmm. I guess that's the big goal is like I wanna be more I wanna be able to like write and produce and tour my stuff. I guess. Yeah. 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 And keep doing weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. I would say as far as production goes, um just like try it. Yeah. <laughs> like That's it what I've been doing. Yeah. You can get away with not being that good at it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of music just by myself and it's like that sounds good enough. I'm ready. I'm done. And then it's like yeah. people tell me, oh, this is nice. I like it. And that's good enough for me most of the time. I feel Even that. if I didn't spend hours and hours like perfecting the production side of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like you just have to follow your ears. Mm-hmm. Like one of my friends was asking me, I sent her one of my songs and she was like, oh my gosh, this I love this. Like, how do you do this? Um, and I, I remember I sent her the chords. She was like, I want to learn it. And I sent her the chords. And I, I accidentally sent her the wrong ones. Like, one mm. of them was incorrect. And she was like, <laughs> I was wondering why, like, why I thought I was, like, like playing the wrong fingering or something. And I was like, no, I told you, like, I don't write based on theory. Like, even though I'm getting my master's degree in performance and, like, I have, I've taken, you know, years of theory through music school. I'm like, I don't write based on that. Like, Mm -hmm. everything is just like, this sounds cool. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this sounds cool. And then I'll find another thing that sounds cool to go after it. And see if they they sound sound cool cool in order. (laughs) (laughs) See if they sound cool in order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. (laughs) music that's that's how it works you just follow your impulses Mm -hmm. yeah i've also wanted to tour for a long time and i was like this close i was really ready to do it this (sighs) year and then no (laughs) yeah i've thought about i last year i thought about doing like a baby one but Mm -hmm. like just like a like you know a couple places up here in the midwest but um obviously uh (laughs) yeah but I don't even know if I even have enough stuff right now, so... <laughs> sure. Yeah, I had a gig set up in Omaha with a couple of my friends oh, nice. for July, and then that had to get canceled. Yeah. And then I was going to try to maybe, like, patch together a few things, like, around that, but, you know, impossible now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, maybe in a year we'll be able to do it. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> at the minimum, eventually <laughs> it'll yeah. happen. 
That gives you time to write stuff. Exactly, which mm-hmm. I've been trying to do more recently, and it has been very healthy <laughs> to do in this yeah. unprecedented time. <laughs> I've heard that phrase so many I know, times. Dear this God. Year. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, it's going to be precedented. You know, oh my gosh. we've been in it so long. We're kind of heading there. I feel like it kind of is for some people. They're just like walking around like everything's fine. I'm like, mm-hmm. It's still unprecedented, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that uh, picture I posted on Instagram last night? Or maybe the Probably night not. before. I deleted I deleted that app like oh, every did you? other okay. day. <laughs> yeah. I was walking across the bridge by the IMU and there was uh, graffiti written on it that said, we want football. <laughs> <laughs> the priorities of some people <laughs> yeah baffling yeah baffling. it was weird uh well we've been talking for about an hour now which is kind of my standard for these things do you feel like we had a meaningful conversation yeah okay you know my you know what's going on so <laughs> cool <laughs> you know about me singing uh out loud in my classroom in eighth grade or whatever so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the, the kind of, of important being. stories that I'm trying to like raise up and get out of people. <laughs> it doesn't take much for me. I'll tell you anything. So Good, good. We'll have to do it again <laughs> and like learn more of your embarrassing secrets. <laughs> all, all two of them probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to end this episode with a piece of your music. Do you have a preference for what I put at the end here? You can either, I guess, there's one called um, I'll Be Here that's on my SoundCloud, or I have mm-hmm. another one called Don't Come Find Me, which uh, I can send you the file of. That's a good one, too. Okay. Uh, is that one not available elsewhere? Um, it is only on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah, let's go like with that one. IGTV. It's okay. a little bit more exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll yeah. send that one to you. Yeah. And for the people listening, uh, you can find more of Lex's work at alexisleterno.com. Uh, would you like to spell your last name for me? <laughs> L-E-T-O-U-R-N-E-A-U. Just yes. let, our, and then N-E-A-U. Yeah, it's yeah. that's like French kind of, right? It is French, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, in fact. Yep. And I'll include a link to that in the description of this episode, wherever you are listening or watching it. A uh, reminder, if you contribute to the project at patreon.com slash I hear I see, uh, the minimum is $1 per month, so it's very cheap. And the money that I get through that helps me to pay people to perform on the shows once we can do that again, or to appear on this radio program, which is happening right now. Again, that's patreon.com slash I hear I see, uh, and you'll be able to watch video episodes of these interviews that I've been doing. That's because that's about all that's going on right now. It's just video chats. It's our whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can find the rest of our stuff at I hear I see.com. And now I have to do the sad part. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I wanted to put this at the end so that we could have a normal conversation first, you know? Wait, what? What's I, happening? Oh, I have to talk about Hannah for just a minute Oh, at the end. of course. Yeah. Yes. But I had to put it at the end so that things could be normal for a while, and then I, I could address yeah, what happened. Uh, okay, so last week, my friend Hannah Colton killed herself. 
She was a journalist in New Mexico. I've known her since I was 12. We were very close friends. Uh, Everybody who knew her loved her. I'm going to miss her forever. She came on my radio show last summer uh, on July 2019, and she played a couple of her own songs on that show. So I'm going to include them after we listen to Lex's piece. So that will be uh, this show's tribute to her, I guess. So rest in peace, Hannah. Um, I wish you had not done that. Okay. Sorry, Lex. I know that. Oh, that's okay. I <laughs> you didn't know her, to... but I had to put this in here, you know? Yeah. I started listening to um, the link that you have on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. And she has a lovely voice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll have to. It's it's still open on my Google Chrome, so I can finish listening to it. Yeah. They're, they're nice songs, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm sorry to end it on a sad note, but Lex, thank you for joining me today, and thanks everyone for listening to this. And have a good rest of your week and month and everything. Signing off. Good night.
have to say It's all understandable or fine And not everyone's having to explain themselves away all the time I'm the girl rage-breaking pottery I'm the one slouching into the checkout line Cracking a joke I'm the pantsuited woman Crouched down behind a black umbrella For smoke I'm a lonely ghost ship Passing blindly by my kindred fellow I don't think we were meant to have the blues like bees have yellows How do you misunderstand me? Oh, help me count the ways I hate that I'm afraid I'll have nothing interesting to say But to know me just for knowing is a risk I'd like you to take. It requires the kind of effort that's impossible to fake. How do you misunderstand me? Oh, help me count the ways. I hate that I'm afraid I'll have nothing interesting to say. But to know, know me just for knowing is a risk I'd like you to take. It requires the kind of effort that our Mothers taught us to make Ah song great that was hannah colton uh playing some music she doesn't have a name for this song yet yeah and i i go by spliceling spliceling that is my that is the name of my solo project awesome um i'm gonna go yeah <clears throat> that was uh just a test song for very late at night 
It's a full body stretch after a ten hour flight. It's a very repetitive song. This is a tune for the moth in your room. For when your crying eyes are red as poppies all in bloom, it's for when your toes are cold. Heaven knows, heaven knows, heaven knows. This is a tune for every moth in my room. Like, could you just chill out? I'm trying to whisper to the moon. But if someone whispers back, let it go, let it go, let it go. This is a room where no one gets freaked out. Not by roaches on the wall, nor by kisses on the mouth, where nobody can F up, and where no one's keeping score. And you can't forget your sore. Heaven knows, heaven knows, heaven knows. This is a room where your lilac can relax. It's a room for taking all the space and cutting yourself slack. It's where no one else can help and no one can want let in and no one can get set up for disappointment or for pain. It's a solitary vessel, a gazebo in the rain. No one's there to make you laugh. Let it go, take a breath. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Thank you. In case it wasn't clear, she was playing that live in the studio. I did. I played it. <laughs> uh, I go by Spliceling. I keep forgetting right. to introduce myself that way. But it and is, I forgot it you said my, that the first time. <laughs> it is the name that I play Spliceling. by. Spliceling. 